Welcome to the Kinky Eater's first official podcast episode. I'm Verbal Kink, and I'm excited that you're here with me. This first episode is part one of my time with my first guest, Allie, or Earth to Allie on Reddit. In this first part, Allie and I go to a great restaurant in D.C. We talk about burrata, lactose intolerance. What is burrata? What is lactose intolerance? If you have ever asked yourself those questions, keep listening. If you know about it, listen anyway. My time with Allie was long, so I've broken it up in a few episodes. We'll get more into the NSFW content in the next two Allie episodes, so thank you in advance for your patience, but I hope you like this one. This podcast has been a long time coming. I'm a big fan of food and oralism, which is the love of sounds. I do love myself a good mukbang, and I do love myself some good audio porn. I've been making audios both safe for work and not safe for work since 2018, and I love everything about it. And guess what? I've loved food since, well, since I can remember eating. What a way to combine these two things to host a show where me and other adult content creators, especially in the erotic audio space, talk about oralism and food. This is absolutely my happy place. So thanks for being here. Some of you may have heard episode one of my AMA. If you haven't, check it out. But in the meantime, here's a clip of me and Allie during our later conversations. I wrote a script. It was bad. Oh, you wrote a script? Uh, yeah. It Did was you bad. post it? I, yeah, but... You still haven't posted? No. Oh, you took it out. You took it down. It's bad. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Okay. Wait, so how did you find audios if you were, if you didn't, you couldn't find what you wanted on visual? Or, right. So I read a lot of, you know, romance novels and erotica, but that has its own problems. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's good. It's good. But it also, I don't know, this might be TMI, but I've orgasmed in my sleep without. Is that from a dream, you think? I had it, and then I woke up thinking, like, realizing I had it. I had an orgasm. What would you do after that? Were you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was already... <laughs> Welcome to The Kinky Eater, where adult content creators talk about food, sex, kink, and oralism, but not always at the same time. I'm Verbal Kink, and I love food, and I love sexy sounds. In this episode, I hang with my friend Allie, an erotic audio creator posting on Reddit, mostly on Gone Wild Audio. She's also the creator of the subreddit For Science, a NSFW audio series where she performs sexy and erotic toy reviews. During our escapade, we stop at one of DC's most popular restaurants, we discuss a myriad of food and sex topics, including our life-changing discovery of burrata, why you should wash your rice, plant-based lifestyles, banana pudding, the problems with literatica and romance novels, her first NSFW script, wet dreams, ramble faps versus improvs, and her orgasmic toy reviews, and so much more. I know I mentioned a lot, but look, this is going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you stick around. I'm glad you're here. Let's get into it. Allie. Allie. Thank you, sir. 
Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Picked up Allie, going for a nice little drive. So I was definitely excited to pick up my friend Allie and I ended up uh, picking her up at her hotel. She was staying in the city and um, it is, well, it used to be one of the most uh, swankiest hotels in DC. It's gotten a little bit older. It's probably aged, probably could use a renovation, but still, nonetheless, it's still one of the nicer hotels in the city. So got to pick her up there. And oh, speaking of swanky, I'm glad they have this parking lot because the, know, the street parking over there is so crazy. It's so swanky. I, 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 was, huh. I brought my coat around because I thought I was going to have to walk. But no, it's right here. These are kind of small spaces. Jeez. One smellies. You should tell them. <laughs> I, one, I don't like parking lots with small parking spaces. Yeah, I don't want people parking too close to me. They can hit me. They can bang my car when they open the door. Ugh, I can't stand it. Also, Allie, if you're listening to this, it's too late. It's out there. If all someone has to do to impress you is take you to a place that has parking spaces, <laughs> and that is what you call swanky, then girl, you are easy. <laughs> JK, LOL. Okay. I wore green. Oh well, shit! Kind of I didn't wear green. You're gonna get pinched. Wait. Does that is that a thing? You guys I think I've green on my shoes. Yeah. All right. I got okay. green on my shoes. It's like a mint green though. Does that count? I think mint green's okay. <laughs> How you doing? I have a reservation. On this night, we feasted at Millie's Spring Valley in Washington, D.C. It's a New England slash Baja California-influenced seafood restaurant, an offshoot of the Nantucket original. It's got a breezy, nautical feel with navy blue boots, boats and lanterns evoking a casual waterfront restaurant vibe. Outside sports a relaxed atmosphere on a huge patio that seats 130 people. The dinner menu features oysters, yellowfin tuna poke, duck lettuce wraps, sautéed soft-shell crab, and a long list of their delicious tacos, including their grilled local rockfish tacos. They've got a pretty nifty craft cocktail selection as well. The joint is kid-friendly and has the same feel as their Nantucket Island spot with the same name. Millie's is owned by restaurateur Bo Blair and his Georgetown Events Hospitality Group. It's the same group that runs the late-night taco chain Surfside, the open-air bullpen near Nationals Park, the beachy sandwich shop Jetties, and Due South, which has been Navy Yard's sprawling destination for whiskeys and smoked meats since 2015, all in the D.C. area. I was very excited to introduce this spot to Allie. 
It was St. Patrick's Day, and I didn't consciously wear green. Was I looking for one of the sexy MILFs at Millie's to pinch me? Maybe. Maybe not. I can tell you, though, they were hot. All right. Cool. You want some water? Yeah, that'd be great. So what's it looking like? Looking good? How's the menu? Yeah. So two things I I like would order like right away would be the duck lettuce wraps. Yeah. The Thai because um, I like that. I like that. But uh, also there's a Thai restaurant near me that makes duck spring rolls and they're oh, amazing. Like that's the only thing I order from this place. That's but anyway, so that makes me so that looks good. But I also love burrata. This menu is very eclectic. Like it's all over the place, but it's cool. Yeah. What's a burrata? Smoked sablefish toast, hard-boiled eggs and radishes. Good, how are you? Awesome. Um, can I have a Coke, actually, for now? Coke? Coke, yeah. What other types of soft drinks do you have? You know, I freaking love Coke so much, I can't stop. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to quit soda, Coke in particular, just because, you know, you can basically lose 15 to 20 pounds just not drinking soda. But I gotta tell you, I love that high fructose corn syrup. Do you have any sort of... Yeah. Yeah, I'll do an old-fashioned. Okay. Thanks. So what are we thinking? What are we thinking? So I also love burrata. Have you ever had burrata? Oh, I love burrata. Yeah. You want to get some? Yeah. We can share some. So the burrata butternut squash, that looks good. Do you like poke? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go for it. Ooh, slow roasted lamb taco, Nantucket based scallops. Those are the dinners, right? Oh, sorry. Oh my god, the, the scallops dinners. are probably good, huh? Yeah. What do you think is going to be your uh, entree? I don't know. I was going to get the, I will see your tuna, but if we're going to get the poke bowl, I probably won't get the tuna. This is diet. Thank you, thank you. Ah, uh, two, two limes in there. Really. <laughs> Together on the diet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, can we start out with the burrata and the poke, the poke? Burrata and poke? Yeah. So here's the point where we're about to get the burrata. Guys, I've had a lot of burrata in my time. I've had burrata with tomatoes, nice grape style tomatoes, some heirloom tomatoes, some glaze on there, some balsamic, or had some olive oil and had it on toast and pine nuts. And I've had it with prosciutto. I've had it with poached pears. Um, this burrata from Millie's was a burrata with grilled stone fruit. It was supposed to be grilled stone fruit, so I was guessing like peaches. Um, but it actually came out with squash. Um, there was It was in season, so it was oh, to die for. It was delicious. It had balsamic honey glaze, uh, some mint, and toasted almonds. And man, it was so good. I just, I love burrata. This right here, what is this? What does that mean? I thought that was like the the pumpkin or the squash. Oh, you know what? You're right. Is it the butternut squash? I think it's the butternut squash. 
the first time I had burrata, I was in Italy. Oh, that's, that had to be the best. Oh my gosh, squash is awesome. Yeah. As we get, oh my gosh. And I didn't even know what it was. Like, obviously, there, it existed before. Like, it, w it was something I could easily get in the States. But Everything was good? Yeah. 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 Um, do you know what you want? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to get the um, Nantucket scallops. Okay. And I'll have the crab fried rice. For sure. You're talking about the ones on the special right? For sure. Anything else, guys? Uh, that's it for now. Right. Thank you. But I never knew about burrata before I, get, I got in a restaurant in Italy. Because I didn't see it on menus in Italian restaurants. Um, it was something you could get at an Italian deli, but it wouldn't be something restaurants would serve that I would be to, that I would go to. So what year was that that you like, re like, like discovered it? 2013. 2013? Yeah, you discovered it before I did, which is great. But I don't think I discovered it until 2015. A lot of restaurants started doing it. It's so funny that you like know the year you discovered Verano. <laughs> <laughs> it's that like changing. Yeah. Um, I was in the Bay Area, and you know, I've gone to a lot of like wineries and wine tasting. I was in, I really lived in wine country. A lot of the, a lot of the restaurants there would do a lot of. Um, so I'm from a place where Italian food is like a big deal. And I never had it, never knew about you it. You from your, fam your family? What? You said the area or your family? Oh no, I'm not Italian. I wish I was, but no, I'm from <laughs> like um, the, I grew up in, a, uh, in the suburbs of New York. Mm. The Italian food I experienced in Italy wasn't actually that far off from what I grew up with. That's a brag. Burrata. What is burrata? Well, like mozzarella, burrata is a fresh stretched curd cheese made from cow's milk. From the outside, it could be mistaken for fresh mozzarella, both being plump white orbs of Italian cheese. But burrata has a, an outer shell made of mozzarella, and when you cut it open, out flows a deliciously gooey, luscious mixture of soft frayed cheese curds and cream. It's liquid gold, I tell you. Cheese of the gods. That liquid gold, that's the true star of the burrata, and it's called stracciatella. Stracciatella originated in Andrea Puglia, where mozzarella was traditionally shaped into a knot instead of a ball. Unsold knots would firm up considerably after a day of sitting on the shelf. Then they were frayed or peeled apart into strings and soaked in heavy cream. At some point in the 1920s, some genius decided to wrap that cheese up with a sheet of mozzarella and form the dumpling-like pouch we know today as burrata. Burrata means buttered in Italian, and it definitely has a rich, sweet, milky, buttery flavor. You can find it at the top of many restaurant menus, often with toast or crusty bread. It's great with some olive oil, tomatoes, fruit, balsamic, prosciutto, all of the above. It's delicious. Um, 
you know, unless, of course, you're lactose intolerant. Uh, maybe you can take a, a lactose pill or lactase pill, whatever that is. If you love cheese and haven't had burrata, do yourself a solid and consume some burrata. Listen, I remember trying burrata for the first time in 2014 at a restaurant in Vegas, but I didn't realize that it was burrata. I was too busy drinking and socializing to really enjoy it, but it actually was. I thought it was just some form of, you know, mozzarella cheese on a charcuterie platter. Technically, I wasn't wrong, but yeah, I was. I found it in 2015 at a local pizza joint, and from that point, I looked forward to eating it whenever I could. While some argue it's a lazy trend that chefs hooked onto and served at their restaurants simply because focus group data says you should, it still pleases me today like the day I ordered it at the pizza joint in 2015. So if I see it on the menu nine times out of 10, I'm gonna order it. This is so good. Yeah. But now I see burrata served in restaurants like this more often. And I get it anytime I see it. Yeah, I think I tend to do that too. I think I think since I've been since I've discovered my a bit of lactose intolerance, I've been a little hesitant to get it, but usually I'm good for like for a while. You know? Yeah. So about that, I I think this would probably be the more likely I would be affected by because the milk, the premier center. But cream itself has low lactose. Okay. And cheese itself has low lactose. But, so usually I'm fine with cheese and yogurt, mm. but like ice cream and milk. Wait, milk. I think we had talked about that like yeah. before, yeah. right? Um, I think, what did you say? It was, you, were, you were discussing it in like a, a VC or something like milk you were trying new like you were like on a new journey for milk or something <laughs> yeah would tell, would tell me about the food <laughs> so because um, I'm more affected by milk from my lactose intolerance I try to avoid it and so for like mostly like coffees or things like that I get um, different things if I'm out like uh, for a long time I got almond milk but now other restaurants will serve like coconut milk Oh, and yeah. oat milk. Yeah. What and do you think of all that? Not great. Like, what, like, does it compare? Have you made the transition, no, the it, full transition? No. Well, so when I'm at home, I buy lactose-free milk. Oh, Which tastes yeah. a little bit too. different. I do too. Yeah. It's a little sweeter. Yeah. And then, uh, but when I'm out, I've got, yeah, one of the non-dairy things, but I actually prefer cream. Like I and cream actually has less lactose. Like so. Oh, if if I'm cooking, I will get if the recipe calls for it. If it's half and half, I'll get lactose free because the other half of milk is has lactose. So you can get lactose free half and half. Allie and me, unfortunately, are lactose intolerant. Up to 65 percent of the world's population is lactose intolerant. So look, we're not alone, and I know some of you out there are in the same boat. You probably already know, but just in case you don't know, to be lactose intolerant means your body no longer produces the lactase enzyme. 
Lactase made in your small intestine is the enzyme responsible for the digestion of the milk sugar lactose. Lactose is made up of two molecules, the carbohydrates glucose and galactose, not to be confused with Marvel's Galactus. Its production decreases after the weaning phase in most mammals, including most humans. Some humans, however, continue to produce lactase through adulthood, a trait known as lactase persistence, or LP. Are you LP? Man, if you're LP, you're lucky. That's the 35% of the global population, and you guys are good to go. You can have as much milk and cheese and all that good stuff, all the dairy products you want, without any issues. There's typically higher instances of LP observed in people in traditionally pastoralist populations where dairy is a strong component of the area's diet. Look, all humans can digest milk in infancy, but the ability to do so as an adult developed fairly recently, like in the past five to 6,000 years. Before that, even though milk was part of their diet, virtually no adult humans could properly digest milk. At some point, northern Europeans began inheriting a genetic mutation that enabled them to produce lactase. If you don't have the lactase enzyme, then you may experience digestive symptoms like gas, bloating, cramping, or the dreaded D word, and it's not the good kind. So when a product says that it's lactose-free, it usually means that the lactase enzyme has been added to the product. Guess what that does? That results in the milk tasting sweeter than regular milk. If you're not keen on sweetness, then you can try other non-dairy lactose-free milk like soy or almond milk. Allie, she takes lactase pills. I've not tried them yet, but she says they work and they're the best. I might just put them on my list. Overall, though, do we actually need milk? Guess what? No, we don't. Dairy products are not a nutritional requirement for humans. We can get all the nutrients for optimal health from a high-quality diet that limits or contains no dairy. I do love my hoo cows. Hoo cow? Mm. So, there you go. Anyway. Do you ever save? <laughs> I'm Do you ever save, save ones like you just really, like you you want to go back to eventually? Like I save posts all the time because because I might not have it might not be I might not be in the mood to listen yeah, or I don't have like, time or I'm on the go. But and, like do you have like a and it's hard for Reddit to save it this way. But do you have like a like an all star like a <laughs> favorite performer? <laughs> no, or not, like a group of performers? Not just performer, but like specific audios that you know like you could go back to oh yeah where i'm always able to 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 yeah. get the job done yeah <laughs> absolutely like old faithful yes old faithful. finito finished that was episode one of the kinky eater i'm so glad to have been able to hang out with you stay tuned for more with my friend dally I know we didn't get into much NSFW during this first episode, but I wanted to keep it a bit shorter for you. Trust me, we'll eat more and chat more all about the NSFW stuff that Allie's into very soon. In the meantime, if you like this episode, make sure you follow or subscribe to the channel and give it a thumbs up and a review. Also, check out Allie's NSFW content on Reddit. 
at u forward slash earth to alley or that's e-a-r-t-h-o-2-o-a-l-l-i-e grazie per l'ascolto thank you for listening this is verbal kink and i'm the kinky eater wherever you are and whatever you're doing bon fapetit